All right, let's, uh, let's get into what we're going to talk about today, which is uh, uh, courage. And before we get into the word, uh, I heard Pastor Mel say something that she was uh, just referencing uh, an exchange or a conversation she had with Tanya about just the different tests and trials in this season people go through. You know, there's, um, there's a lot of things that happen, you know, right before blessings, a lot of... Uh, um, uh, intimidation and intended intimidation adversary always tries to you know uh, you know punk us into um, you know doing something to sabotage ourselves because he realizes he can't stop us so he gets panicked you know the adversary can't give you fear if there's not fear in him like you know I don't fear in him I can't give you none I don't have but just like God is love he is fear um, and so, you know, what you're sensing, you know, because, again, this is a year of supernatural restoration, and we're coming in the last quarter, um, actually in the season of harvest. And so um, there's, there's, a, there's a little turbulence, you know, that we're, that we're passing through, um, but the goal is to try to intimidate you or to get you off on what God says. But that's one part of it. The other part of it is, is to uh, refocus us, you know, because sometimes we can get complacent. You know, we can get kind of, you know, out of focus, like the little things. You know, you know Gerard, sometimes you, could, you can kind of take for granted the little things, right? You know, you know, I was saying this before, you know, you know how you ever like felt you prayed but didn't, didn't get the prayer out? You know, not because you was mad or not. You was like, I thought I prayed about that, you know. But you never really prayed, you know. Uh, you ever, uh, you're in situations where you believe you have a target or a goal, but until somebody asked you, you really didn't, you realize you really didn't. There's no specific, established, detailed steps for that to change. It's almost like I'll get to it. But until somebody asks you, you'd be like, so as somebody come to you and say, so when are you going to get to that? Never really established, like rooted into, uh, I'm going to change that by December 5th or something. Right. I, like, I feel like I'm about to change it. I'm expecting to change it, but I never really, okay, so, so by December 5th, so what you going to do between now and December 5th, David? I feel like I'm about to do something, but I never really honed in on specific detailed adjustments that's going to have me going into December 5th and actually changing it. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I just feel like by December 5th, something's going to happen. No, that's, that's, it doesn't happen by osmosis. It's intentionality. The scripture says walk circumspectly. So sometimes when you're in this period, it's like God is saying, okay, I appreciate the fact that you believe for the change, but can we now make the adjustments and do some things? Some specific where, where I can, if I'm following you, Stella, I'm following specific steps you're taking. But if you aren't having lined out steps, I can't even follow you. So you may get delivered, but, but how am I going to find a way? 
And if I asked you, how did you get delivered? Are you going to say, I just couldn't tell you. Or you could say, hey, I did this. I fasted this. I prayed this way. You know, I changed my diet this particular way. Uh, we were talking this morning about, uh, uh, be, well, we talked about it in class yesterday too, but just being more mindful. And so we were talking about like in everything you do, like, like every opportunity you have reading. You know how like every break you have, you play a game on your phone? Ask BJ. BJ will tell you, praise and worship, he's playing games, right? Yeah, you think I ain't paying attention, but I am, <laughs> right? But you know how you, so I'm picking with BJ, but BJ's not by himself, right? Well, you know how, like, you got a moment, right? You're waiting on something, and you go to the phone, right? And you play whatever, whatever. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't play games on phones, but what do you play? What y'all play, Candy Crush? Give me some, give me some word games. Spades. They got spades on on a, on a phone. <laughs> might be something I might get it. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Chess. Playing chess. Well, I can't. I'm not allowed to play chess on any form of game computer ever again since I played for eight hours one day. Right. So that's what shut me down. That's what. That's that. That's. I was no longer allowed. But, but you know how you do that? How about if you replace that with the word? Because you're in a crisis. You ever been in a financial crisis, but you still go on vacation and eat out? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not putting nobody down. I'm just saying, let's, 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 kind of, let's, let's quantify it. You're, you're in a financial crisis, and you don't bag your food to take to work. See, see, but you're going, man, I just don't know where this money's going. Eating out, add up. Right? You understand what I'm saying? Like, so I can't afford to eat out now because I'm in a what? Financial crisis. Right? And then I'm unprotected because I'm in such a financial crisis I'm spending God's tithe. I ain't even saying like that. Y'all added all the, you know how you watch the movies? They got like the soundtrack. Y'all adding all, I don't know if y'all can hear that out here. But they, all right, but what I'm saying is, I, like, I, I said that because, like, it happens to all of us. And you know how when you're in this Christ, like who does not want to be in covenant with God or protected by God? Nobody thinks like that. But what you say is, I'm going to be unprotected just this one time. Just this two times, just this three times, just this four times, just this five. But did you really set a target to get back in, in covenant with God? Or you just feel like you will? Right? I so, so... As we talk about courage, uh, we're going to be challenged to have the courage to flip the script. Now, now how does the script look now? It looks now like, hey, I'm going to embrace this pleasure and sacrifice the pain. 
Because on the back end, I'm going to get pain. You know, so, so okay, I told you I wasn't going to use biscuits. What else I was going to use? Cornbread. Uh, <laughs> I said cornbread. Was it cornbread? cornbread? All right, so, nah, cornbread ain't cool because cornbread is, cornbread is good. Uh, let's pick something else like uh, uh, pecan pie, whatever. Uh, or, or something I shouldn't be eating. Uh, what's uh, sweetest fish? That's it. So, so, so I'm, a, I'm gonna eat the sweetest fish on the front end, right? But I'm gonna sacrifice the pain that it's gonna cause from the weight and all the glucose and and the, the things that cause inflammation. So I'm gonna sacrifice the inflammation and the pain on the back end, right? Yeah. Where's my sound effects? Ooh. <laughs> right, right? Let's flip the script. I'm going to endure like some of the being uncomfortable and the pain of not having the pleasure of the delicacies on the front end so I can get what I want on the back end. Because you ever like go through stuff, like do you, do you understand pain is like your check engine light? It's telling you to change something. But you notice how we keep doing the same thing and we go, I'm just believing God. <laughs> well, it's okay to believe God, but how about believe God for something you can't do yourself? We're like, like there's things we can change, right? So what, I, what I'm saying is it's going to take courage to do that, right? <laughs> Yo, it's like, I know the message is going to be courage, but... Then I gotta use it for that category, right? Because we're we're we don't realize we're operating in a default expecting change. But we haven't changed our default, okay? All right, so let's 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 <laughs> let's walk through the curve. Because because you know, we all have these these I had to be all right. No, it won't be all right until we change something. Right? Does that, does that, like all of us, I, like I got to do it. Like, like, like there's things that I, 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 every time I feel funky or every time something's not flowing, ah, I got to fast at another level. I, not wait until fast week. Like I got to fast. Even we was on a vacation and I had about four bags of Swedish fish. Probably had like a bag a day. I didn't have the blueberry ones. They didn't have them. But y'all, y'all tried to, they tried to set me up. They gave me some blueberry ones. I never had them before. I was like, oh, these are good. We went on the fishing trip. So I think when I came back, I found them. So I had some that week, right? Because after, you know, this was, that was before fast week, right? So fast week, we go on a trip right after fast week. After I ain't had nothing. So, you know. So we could, we could, so I asked her, I said, could you grab me two bags of Swedish fish. So she got, grabbed four bags. <laughs> but it wasn't her fault because I didn't tell her to put them back. <laughs> but I had four bags. And I said, you know what? That's enough. Because we went back out to the store. She said, you want me to get you some Swedish fish? I said, nah. And then we got in the car. I said, you know, I had like four bags of Swedish fish. See, so I, so I understood. Come on, man. Like, that's enough. And I started drinking water. I mean, I only drink like water. I might have some kombucha or something. But kombucha is not, uh, it doesn't necessarily hydrate. It's good for your stomach, but it's not 
hydrating. It's acetic. Um, so I was like, nah, I'm just going to drink water. There's my witness right there. Yeah, I'm on vacation, but come on, we got to be realistic. We got to know we're going too far. I held the face for a reason. <laughs> all right. All right. So let's, let's get into this courage, bold as a lion, right? Now, this courage is not focusing on the familiar or uncertainty. It's obedience. So because we have a tendency to, because I've always done this this way, because everybody's always done it, or because everybody says to do it as um, uh, Janae was talking about in, in the um, survival kit class, she was saying how uh, she had some business, she, she had a family, and she was, she was sharing how uh, they make sure they expose their, the daughter to things that are godly, no matter what. Well, she said there were certain things she started to watch, and she started seeing what the theme was, even though it was animated. And she was so glad her daughter wasn't in the room. Because she didn't want her daughter exposed to that. But it's, it's cute on the front end. So then the people that came around were like, hey, uh, don't you want your child to have this on their resume, basically? You know, some of the things we grew up on. Uh, we saw something. It's called dry bar comedy. So there's no cursing or nothing like that, right? And um, so he's watching it. And the guy was going over the nursery rhymes. Now, I don't remember all of them. But I remember the nursery rhyme. And as he's going through them, I said, it said that? You know, he says, he says you, you're training your kids to be married. Now, this is a nursery rhyme for kids, and the guy was married and stuffed his wife in a, a pie. But, but, but that's what the nursery rhyme says. But we don't pay attention. You know, I think uh, it was Ring Around Rosie. I, I'm not going to say the whole thing. But, but, but that's not a, a – that's, that's witchcraft. It's, 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 it's chanting witchcraft. But – we want our kids to, well, oh, this is innocent because it's animated. But, but she was saying, no, 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 we can't do that. So what she was saying is just because it's familiar and everybody's been doing it, my child is not going to be exposed to that. So when they said, hey, don't you want your kids to have this story under their belt too? She was like, nope. She said, my kids don't need it because it's familiar. And when I heard her, it's the first time I heard it like at the kid level. I seen it at the young people level, at the teenage level, and at the adult level. Because we do it. See, we were trained this way as kids. So now when we're older, we do stuff because everybody does it. So, we, so it's okay because everybody does it, not because God approves of it. So we can't, courage is, I don't care how familiar it is. I'm going to do what God says. Okay, courage is, it's uncertain to what God is asking me to do or what I'm being led to do, but I'm not going to focus on the uncertainty. I'm still going to take the steps of faith. So sometimes we hear God moving us in a certain direction, but because we don't have all the front-end proof, we ain't moving. When you clear up my uncertainty, I'll move. Well, we ain't going to do nothing. The Bible says, he that studies the wind shall not sow. The, per, the, the farmer that studies the wind is always looking for favorable circumstances. When everything, when all the conditions are right, that's when I'll move. We will never do nothing. That's why the scripture says walk by faith and not by sight. And that farmer 
has to sow and some of the seed won't catch. But they will get a harvest because most of it will. They're going to get more of a harvest than the person who's waiting for favorable conditions because all they got is seed. While the other person has went through seed, time, and harvest. Does that make sense? Right? So, so, so again, courage is not focusing on the familiar or uncertainty. Courage is operating in obedience. So obedience is independent of what's familiar to everybody. Independent of what may look uncertain. So, so I didn't say if it's familiar, don't do it. What I said is I'm, don't do it because it's familiar. Do it because you're led it and you're being obedient. Does that make sense? I didn't say don't do it because don't, don't just go do it because it's uncertain. Whether it's uncertain or not uncertain, whether it's familiar or not familiar, courage is moving out of obedience, right? So it's, it's not all or none, because sometimes we're either, we operate in all or none. It's not either or, it's obedience. Courage is not all or none, and it's not either or. Courage is, courage is, right. And so, so it's genuine courage that we're talking about today, not counterfeit courage. No, not, not make-believe courage, not liquid courage. Anybody knows what liquid courage is? So I just asked Ms. Lamar, you know, blurt it out. Alcohol is alcohol, right? Hey, not vegetation courage. Anybody know what that is? Don't blurt that. Y'all just blurt that, right? Right? And it's not even weapon courage. It was just coming up and growing up in the hood. Like, I never carried a weapon. One, I mean, one year I had a pocket knife. <laughs> but, you know, what that going to do? Yeah. Get somebody mad? <laughs> you know, you, you, you stick them with it. You know, like they just beat you up because, you know, man, <laughs> man, you cut me. <laughs> right. So, but, but I, and my reason for not carrying a weapon is because now I'm not going to think of other options. I'm going to depend on the weapon. But a lot of people have weapon courage. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I have a weapon, I'm tough. Right? So, so we're not talking about that type of courage either, right? If you got a weapon, it's okay. I'm, I'm, stay with me. Don't lose sight. I'm just saying the weapon, for whatever reason that you have it, shouldn't determine your courage. Right? That's all I'm saying, okay? I'm not saying, did, did the pastor say don't get a weapon? Did the pastor say turn your weapon in? Okay, just because I didn't have a weapon, God made me a certain way. That don't mean you shouldn't have a weapon. Amen. So that we cleared that up too, right? You know, because if you go away, go, man, but he's trying to say, no, I don't try to say anything. I tell you what I'm saying. Amen. Right? So you don't have to figure it out. And if, if you don't understand it, ask me and I'll tell you clearly what I'm saying. So nobody can be misunderstood, okay? Did, did that come across harsh? Because oh, no. I will apologize. Okay, all right, just making sure. He said, perfect tone. You're not the best measure. <laughs> all right. I don't know. <laughs> Love you, but <laughs> might have to ask a couple other folks. Tiana, was that okay? <laughs> right, all right. Now, 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 we're not talking about counterfeit courage, liquid courage, vegetation courage, weapons courage, but God courage. Hold on, hold on, now, now listen. But God, 
courage. I'm going to say it one more time. But God. Pause. Courage. So I know I said, I know I said, but God courage. But let's, let, let's change that, that, that comma. Instead of putting it after but, let's put it after God. But God, courage. See, 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 so no matter what the situation is, but God, right? That's my response. Oh, but God. You see what I'm saying? So this is, we're talking about but God courage. See, but God courage lives in obedience, Right? But God courage lives in obedience. All right, so, so courage just for, we're going to hit a, a thousand definitions here, but one of them just for us to understand is fearlessness in the face of danger. I got that from the open Bible, right? Open Bible encyclopedia, right? I gave you, there's people in class, we got open Bibles. That's the front of your Bible, has a biblical encyclopedia in it. Look up courage, it'll say fearlessness in the face of danger, Right? Fearlessness in the face of danger. So let's go to Joshua 1. Now, now, do you think we can t- t- uh, use a little courage in this season of our lives? Oh, yeah. You know, because as a body, we're processing through stuff. So, so you're not alone. As a body, we're processing through health and finances and um, family tripping and, uh, you know, uh, battling uh, depression and frustration and uh, confusion, uh, sometimes dealing with folk like, you know, like they, like they may be on some type of vegetation or liquid. <laughs> you know, like, are you, you change your diet? <clears throat> All right, so let's go to, uh, so we're at Joshua chapter one, and we'll start here at verse six. All right, remember, fearlessness in the face of danger. So this is God, this, this whole first chapter is God's charge to Joshua. Because remember, Joshua, who, who was faithful and served Moses for a long time, now he's, be, he's being passed the reins, right? And so, so the statement here in the Word says, be strong. Now, there's a conjunction after that, and. Be strong and of good courage. Now, that good courage is the but God courage, right? It says, for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Now, he's opening up with verse 6 saying, be of good courage. As his leader, you're going to, I'm going to use you to assist them in getting their inheritance, but you're also going to be responsible to make sure everybody gets what they're supposed to get. Now, you realize even when they divided the land, different people got different stuff. Right? Well, can you, you have the courage to make sure people get what they're supposed to get, no more, no less. Because sometimes people can punk you in and get more than they deserve. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. right. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's hard, like, you know, to make sure people get what they need. Because mm-hmm. some people, James was talking about this yesterday uh, in um, uh, Guy Talk, and he was talking about uh, 2 Timothy uh, 3.16, and we went over it in uh, disciples, uh, disciples' personality, disciples' victory uh, over in the fellowship hall, which James was leading. So look at the timing. He talked about uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, and you talked about it again, right? Doubled up on it. Well, I'm going to triple up on it, 
right? And so he was talking about, because uh, you were talking about um, judgment. He was talking about judgment yesterday, just breaking down judgment and how, you know, sometimes people feel judged. Uh, sometimes people do judge, but he was just given a proper context of judgment. And so he used the scripture to say, well, do you understand the scriptures for uh, doctrine, right? Correction, reproof, right? And instruction in righteousness, right? Is, is that right? Yeah, I said rebuke. Would you want me to double down on it? You see, you see, that's why he's not the proper judge. Y'all heard me say rebuke, right? Right, you see that? He was like, rebuke. What are we doing here? Can I finish? <laughs> All right, so, so, so James, and so, so we spent a lot of time, James asked like one question. We spent a lot of time on correction and how people handle correction. And some people felt like they were unfairly handled in terms of correction. Sometimes they felt like certain people's motives and intents wasn't, wasn't locked in. So they felt like, okay, so Pastor Mal, I love Pastor Mal, uh, but Tanya, you know, the way she correct me is different, so I'm out of here. You know, I, n nobody said that. That just used that phrase, you know, because no one said it, okay? No one said nothing ex like that. But the point was, uh, is, you know, so, so the, the conversation came out, it could be the package of the corrector. So we spent a lot of time talking about how to adjust how you correct people. Mm -hmm. Be sensitive to your audience, basically, right? But then we spent some time talking about, hey, sometimes people may, may be, have the wrong package, but some blessed contents. Mm -hmm. So you're not going to receive what you need because the package is off. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Then we talked about the responsibility of the person being corrected. So you know how sometimes you deal with people and you go, I need them to understand. Then you get offended. Well, wait a minute. Wouldn't you use the same measure that you want met to you? So if you're saying I want them to understand me, that's your opportunity to show them how to understand by being forgiven and patient how they fall with you, right? You can show them by example. So this, is, so this person dealing with me is not being patient, understanding. They don't know me. They don't understand me. They don't have a relationship with me. But they're correcting me. I don't know if I want to receive that. But I'm going to show them by getting to know them, getting to understand them, establishing a relationship with them so I can see why they come at me like that. And maybe I can offer them some wisdom where they won't deal with nobody else that way. We ever tried that? Where's my theme music? <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we go. There we go. Mm -hmm. Right. All right. So, <laughs> come on, y'all. <laughs> Was it the category, the topic? Right. So, so we were talking about that, but, but, but James says something else. He didn't really get deep into it, but, you know, we have, you know, conversations. We have after parties. So, we had a little after party. He said, you know what? I didn't really get into it because we was talking so much. Um, and he might have shared, uh, mentioned it a little bit. He said, do you, you realize correction was just one part of that scripture? Rebuke was in there. Your favorite word, obviously. Um, and he said, man, if you're struggling with the correction part. And, and what was the definition of rebuke? 
No, no, I mean, go ahead. I, I'm going to repeat it. Oh, you, you, I just thought it was in you, you know. It ain't in you. But, but, it, but it, was, it was direct something. So if you find it, you, 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 you can shout it out. Go ahead. He just put his hand up. <laughs> Express sharp disapproval and criticism because of their behavior and action. Now, the scripture permits that. So if we're struggling with correction, how are we going to deal with rebuke? And so I told him, I said, that reminds me of the scripture. It says, if the footman weary thee, how are you going to run with the horses? So if correction wearies you, how are you going to run with rebuke? And do you know rebuke is a benefit? Because sometimes we got to be snatched out. You know that? You know, sometimes God ain't snatched you out. Raise your hand. You haven't been snatched out. I'll snatch you out right now. <laughs> Come here, girl. Let me. <laughs> she was like, I wouldn't have raised my hand if I knew he was going to snatch me. Right. But you understand what I'm saying? Right. So, so, but it takes courage to participate on either end of correction or rebuke. Right? Doesn't it take courage? Some of us don't like correcting nobody. Because we don't want what? The backlash. We don't want to have the extended conversation. We don't even want feedback. Some of us, no one, very few people ever rebuke. Because you don't want to lose people. Right? But it takes courage. It takes courage to speak the truth in love, right? How many people struggle with speaking the truth in love? You don't struggle with speaking the truth in love? Because Natalie was like, oh, that part I got down. Now, was it always in love? Because just, just your angle and your facial expression, you look like you was from New Jersey when you said it. You're like, no, nah, I ain't got no problem with that. <laughs> you know, I ain't know Louisiana had that. Oh, no, what, what? Oh, I'm going to tell them the truth. We just want to make add the love parts. All right? All right, just add the love part. So you have no problem with the truth. All right, got you, got you. All right, so you, you feel me on this courage thing, right? All right, so far, right? We good? All right, so we said, uh, but God courage lives in, lives in obedience. We read, oh, I only read verse 6. My bad. Verse 7. It says, only be thou strong and very courageous. Now, he told him to be of good courage, but then he doubles down and extends it, be thou be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe. Now, now he's saying, this is why you're going to need to be very courageous. That thou mayest observe to do. Observe to do. Observe to do. He didn't say observe, only to do, right? According, that's in harmony with, uh, according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. So everything Moses told you, you got to, now you're going to have to apply it, right? It says, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest, right? And then a, a familiar scripture here at the church, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein, there in the book, day and night. Janae talked about that today, right? That thou mayest observe to do, there it is again, observe to do, Observe to do according. Observe, do it, stay in harmony, right? 
to all that is written therein. How much is written therein? So how do we get around certain scripture? All that's written therein, it says, for then, after this, thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. All right? Now, verse 9. Have not I commanded thee? Look, he's tripling up on it. Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Now, he's packaging all this in to observe to do this. You're going to have to be strong and be of good courage. Just stay locked in. Because every, some people aren't familiar. I don't think that's necessary. Oh, here we go. Bible Keith. Uh, here, oh, Mr. Holy. Keith's not trying to be Bible Keith. He's not trying to be Mr. Holy. What he's trying to do is be of good courage and stay locked into what God says about his word. I had a conversation with a family member, and they were saying, why aren't you in proximity more often? I said, well, there's a couple of things. I said, well, in the early years, I couldn't afford it. I said, but even when I started being able to afford it, I have to be judicious. I'm a pastor. What I expose myself to, I expose the church to. And I said, again, I said, when I'm coming around other people's houses, if I come visit, I can't dictate what people do in their house. You know, when I first start coming home, I'm, I'm the sin police. You know, but you're going to go crazy because people are living this way out of habit, not to despise how you're living. So you have to be tactful, right? But at the same time, you can't conform. You, have, you can't let your good be evilly spoken of, and you have to avoid the appearance of evil. And you have to make sure you're representing. You don't have to force people to change. But you don't have to conform to prove, you know, so you ain't judging me. I'm not judging you, but I'm also not joining you. You see what I'm saying? I, I, so, so, so the thing is, I don't do that. And so there's times when the Lord says, okay, you can spend more time because I want you to minister to people. But there's times he says, no, you can't go nowhere near that. But everybody's not going to understand that because... They haven't consecrated themselves or set themselves apart. Once I've done that, I'm committed to God. I can't expose myself to certain things. So I was explaining that, right? But, but I was explaining it. I had to have courage to explain it even though it's like, but this is family. But we read the scripture the other day. I love my family, but it'll look like hate because of my love for God. Right? Didn't we read that scripture? This is a couple weeks ago. All right, does that make sense so far? So, so it takes courage to live this life, right? See, courage is the core of our confidence in our preparation for purpose. Courage is the core of our confidence in our preparation for purpose. Now, when I sign on to this life, I signed on to a purpose life. I didn't sign on to do, uh, to play the game of life. I don't know, I'm probably dating myself, but do they still play the game of life? Yeah. They, where they, they probably got a computer wheel now. Like we had the little spin the wheel. All right. So in the game of life, it's whatever was on the, the board, you was trying to pick what? The best profession, doctor, lawyer, whatever is going to get you some cheese, right? Right? So we're playing the game of life. I'm doing the things that, that in the game of life, it's approved or it's valued or 
it shows me a level of significance if I do these things. You know, some people got, have 14 degrees because in the game of life, I'm not talking about the, the actual game, I'm talking about our game of life, you're approved. Oh, you got a degree. But, but even though you might not be doing nothing in what you've done, the only thing you got for your degree is student loans. I, degrees are not bad. What I'm saying is degrees are not bad for those that were purposed to get the degree. If you wasn't purposed to get the degree, all you're doing is you're stressed. All you got was 30 years of stress. Every time you're on a momentum, student loan calls. Right? And every time you're trying to get ahead, it's like, student loan's like, oh, no, where you going? Oh, no, that check ain't yours. That check is mine. Matter of fact, we won't even ask you to give it to us. We're taking it. Right? But in the game of life, how you doing? Got my master's. When I, when I, when I put my name on LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever, I got to add what? I got my master's. I, I got to add my initials. Right? So I can show. I graduated top of my class. All this earned me a stress. So I keep reminding myself I was at the top of my class, I feel better. The same thing, it could, be, it could be with sports. We could invest our entire life on trying to achieve something, and all it brought us was stress, broken bones, crooked fingers, um, you know, could barely get up in the morning. Some people are struggling to sleep because they've had a lot of concussions through football. There are people right now afraid that they may not wake up every morning. Some people are afraid to get into a relationship because they think I may blow off at the handle because I haven't been right ever since I played. And I end up snapping on folks, so I'd rather just be away from folks. See, y'all know all the behind the scenes. CTE is real, right? But that's what they got. And, I, and they're not thinking about none of their money that, you're, that, that you would love to have. They're wondering, am I going to wake up with my right mind? Right? So, 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 I use sports. I use degrees. Whatever. Uh, uh, be a drug dealer. That in, my, in certain cultures, I'm special because I'm the top drug dealer. Whatever you want to pick. Okay. Or I can drink somebody under the table. That was the thing when we was coming up. Not, what, what? Bring it. I can drink anybody under the table. Oh, y'all can tear my liver apart. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? What I'm trying to tell you is this is the game of life uh, of value. But when I crossed over into the kingdom, you understand I crossed over into purpose and design? My life is not... Um, I'm identified with a sexual orientation. That's not a life, right? That's, that's delusion. I'm saying that respectfully, right? Because again, once I sign on, the scripture says you must be born again. That's everybody. So, so I know we got family, friends, people we cool with that's, that's processing through who they are. But the scripture says for all of us, we must be born again. All of us. So even everybody under the category, hey, 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 
everybody that's believed they were born a certain way. Guess what? The Bible says, barely, barely, I say unto you, you must be born again. Everybody. So now we can clear up all the uh, confusion. I feel, okay, I don't care how you feel. You must be born again. I don't care how you was born. You must be born again. All right? So now that we have that, but it takes courage to embrace being born again in a world of conformity. Conformity is approved. Do you understand that? When you, when you conform, everybody's okay. Because, oh, you stuck too. See, when you conform, everybody's like, I haven't been able to get out, and I'm so glad you trapped too, because I'm not alone. Listen, stay, hey, hey, stay with me. Like, this, this is... This is real here because people are wasting a lot of lives. Do you understand the people that are, most people that are confused commit a lot of suicide? Because no one has directed them to purpose. That's where you get your thirst quenched. You don't get, you, we'll never get our thirst quenched conforming to the world. Because the world is not customized design for our fulfillment. The world is customized design for all of us. To, to follow the leader. Contagion gets you to go with the flow. Submergence take over who you are so you be like them. So this, this is why we're, we're in a funk now because purpose is calling on the inside. Purpose is yelling and screaming. Feed me! Yelling and screaming. And the thing is, it says feed me and we go back in the default we go, uh, and I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, that seems a little far-fetched. And I'm, I mean, I'm in, I've already invested all of this time. Everybody knows me as this. Well, they're expecting me to be there, man. How can I not come? They're expecting me. Come on. Then if I do this purpose thing, it's going to throw me off of the schedule of showing up and everybody going, hey, you're here again. You know, and I, you know, there are people counting on me to conform. Like they're counting on me. My cousin, man, come on, man. If, if I go and fulfill purpose, suppose he don't want to go to purpose. He's counting on me. My brother's counting on me. Come on, man. I can't do this. Wait, wait. So what I'll do is I'll hang around him until he realizes purpose too, and then we can go together. It doesn't work that way. Somebody got to break out and show the person how to get out. Listen, you, you go keep going back in the quicksand thinking you're going to help somebody out. You know what's happening? You're going to sink together. You're going to sink together. That's why Jesus said when I come, I'm splitting things up. It's going to be husband against wife, uh, uh, child against parent. But he wasn't talking about a fight. He was talking about somebody's going to choose what I designed them for, purpose, and somebody's going to still be conforming. But I'm going to tell you right now, do you have the courage to deal with the backlash of moving towards purpose? Because a lot of us haven't had it up to this point. 
That's why we keep snapping back to conformity and to familiarity. Because every time we get to a point of courage, we don't break through. That's why he told y'all, be of good courage. This ain't going to be easy, Ed. You can feel like it's, ouch. I got this. I remember when, uh, when uh, my aunt came to talk to me because I didn't grow up with my mother or father. I reunited with my dad when I was 14. My mom, I saw for the first time at 15, but nobody gave me no script. So she didn't say nothing. So I said, well, that's, maybe that's a part of her symptoms of, of you know, because they, they said she was dealing with mental illness. So when I went there, I mean, I'm, a, I'm 15, you know. I put on my JV, captain of the JV baseball team jacket. You know, I was going, I'm going to see mom when I walk in the door. She'd be like, Keith. You know, then, then I'm going to have something on so she'll be proud of me. So I went in there. I don't know if y'all saw the movie Antoine Fisher, but it was pretty much exactly like that. With the, with the, the exception of my mom didn't say nothing. And so, so I walked in there. So uh, my sister's there. She ain't saying nothing. Like everybody's life was like the Stefford wives or something. Everybody rolling business is huge. And I'm like, anybody going to talk about the pink elephant in the room? Jackie's son is here. And she ain't saying nothing. So any, any thoughts, anyone? <laughs> I'm 15, so I didn't say that out loud. But I was thinking it. Basically, I got punked. You know, I got punked by nobody was saying nothing. And I didn't know what to say. I wasn't trained for this, you know. So I just kind of, you know, played it off, you know. I was like, but this is weird. But on the inside, you know what I was saying? I will never come back here. This is, this is crazy. But I felt, well, she just didn't talk. Ten years later, I'm working in social services. My aunt comes talk to me, tells me about my mom. Uh, some of the things she went through, you know, I was the last child they took from her because I wasn't being nurtured. So they took all the other kids because they was in school. So they took me, they let her keep me for another month, then they took me. And my aunt says she rolled home in a stroller and cried for like a month with an empty stroller. So I was like, oh, she just got problems like everybody else. She's not mental. So, what I, so, so she was like, you should go visit her. She's in a mental institution. So I was like, I'll just go talk to her. Now what, what am I saying? I'm saying, I'm gonna be courageous, right? I'll just go talk to her, you know? I'll save her because this, now this is my profession. This is what I do. I help people, right? Uh, I'm talking about as this, I wasn't living for the Lord. I was just in social society. I was doing juvenile corrections in upstate New York. So I go down to the place, walk in, tell them who I am. My mother comes in the room. This is what she says. Oh, that ain't my child. I don't have any children. My children died. Walks out the room. Now I'm processing through a couple things here. One, I don't want this lady to think I'm crazy. The, the people at the place. No, no, no. So I'm, t- I'm like, no, ma'am, for real, I'm her, I'm her son. I'm not some like, you know, I'm not making up. Enough. But then I'm processing through, are we serious right now? She just walked out. And so while I'm processing through, because I had worked at institutions, I can, you know, you, you know what's happening. People that were there, residents kept coming to the window, looking in, smiling. So I said, oh, she went out there and said, my son's in there. Now, she never said this to me. Now, remember, I went, what? I'm going to be courageous. Well, you know what I did after that moment? I went outside the parking lot and cried. I I decided to call my mom every morning 
Every morning, she would get on the phone, I don't know, you would hang up. So I started my day with the rejection that I dealt with most of my life. I just endured it, right? But I didn't know what to say. So I say, so, so, yes, sir. I'm going to be courageous. Until you're in a situation, then there's a reality kicks in. I, I, obviously, some things uh, later on transitioned, and we, before she passed away, we developed a relationship. But, but you understand what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's uh, this, this courage we're talking about is similar to what I said about liberty. You can know about liberty until you get into a situation where you realize you're bound. You, you, you realize there's layers to this or levels to this. Same thing with courage. So this is not to dis- discourage. This is so we're aware that we're going to have some courage test. Um, you know, I'll probably bring, th- bring that up because uh, something we taught on a long time ago. All right, so again, courage is the core of our confidence in our preparation for purpose. So, so we're being brought, we're going through stuff, right? Most of us are processing through some things. That's to bring us back into focus. To what? Purpose. To calibrate our lives back to purpose and for us to start taking purpose steps, not people steps. Purpose steps, right? Now, at the core, we got to be confident to embrace purpose because purpose, you may discover purpose and realize I'm on the wrong road. Now, what you going to do? Or you're going to say, wow, I'm familiar with the road and used to the road. I've already committed to the road, so I'm going to stay on the road. No, 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 no. It takes courage to make that shift. Like when I moved to Ohio, when I met my wife, I would start my life completely over from scratch. Now, I had left familiar. Actually, it was, I was planning my second season in this summer pro league that we had established. I started playing with a team from New York. I'm from New Jersey. You know, People started to know who I was, like I could go play anywhere. And it'd be like, oh, 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 did you see my man playing up at, oh, oh, no, y'all, need, y'all don't. Sometimes I would be, they would bring me off the bench if I was my first time on a team. Somebody would be in the stands going, they got Keith on the bench. Do they know who that is? And so for me, that just felt good. Like, oh, somebody seen me somewhere like, and, and, and so I get in the game and then, you know, for lack of better words, I'm going to show who them who I am. Well, now I got to leave this. I, I worked hard to establish some level of reputation because I wanted to play professional basketball. God tells me to go to Ohio. It took courage. Like, this, you was raised in Newark. Was Columbus, Ohio on your list when you grow up? When I grow up, I want to go to Columbus. I love Columbus, Ohio. Obviously, I met my wife. But it's not on my list. It's not like Hawaii, you know, Paris. It's, not, it's just not, you know, it's not wrong with Columbus, but it's not on your list. And then I've never been there before. So I'm like, and then I got to reestablish because I'm still playing basketball. You want me to go to Columbus? Am I hearing God right? I'm, I'm fresh out the pack as a Christian, learning to hear God's voice. Everything in me told me to go to Columbus, Ohio. To do something courageous by faith. And I reset my entire life. I don't play professional basketball. My profession is serving people in ministry. What I've ever, this is what I was purposed to do. Like I feel this through every fiber of me. That's why I can do it for almost nothing. They was going to have to pay me to play basketball. I'm going to tell you that right now. 
I, I like playing. I played for free. But if I got anywhere near pro anything, oh, no, 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 we, 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 there needs to be some conversation. I could have went back to college. The only reason I didn't go back, I was like, oh, no, 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 at this level, I got a job. Y'all going to have to pay me to go back to this school. The guy was trying to recruit me because I had some eligibility left. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Can they compensate me? I never thought about that with ministry. I just, you know what I think about ministry? Serving. But I'm in purpose. And God covers the conversation. Supernaturally. It's, it's, it's amazing. All right, you, you, you got me so far. Because we're talking about courage, right? All right, so the scripture says, cast not away your confidence, for it has great recompense of reward. And we said courage is the core of that, right? It says, you have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So when we sign on to this purpose, Ed, there's going to be preparation, but in that preparation, you got to do God's will, and you got to be patient in it. See, see, but patience takes courage because there's so many people like, well, what you waiting on? Just do this. I'm not, uh, I, if I was you, I wouldn't just be sitting around. I'd just go do this. Well, you just need to do that. We just need, there's a lot of things people are getting you to do, but God is telling you to be still and know that I'm God. It takes courage for that, right? That's Hebrews 10. 35 and 36. You got me there? Now, now again, it's going to get some of you off of your seat. Right? And then when I say off of your seat, I'm talking about your spiritual seat. Because some of us have been sitting down. Right? Think you're hiding. We can't hide from God. And, and I get it. Uh, I was talking to a sister the other week, and she was saying how sometimes you, when you, when you cross over to the next level, there's expectations. But the expectations are not on us, it's on God. Be confident in the very thing that he has begun a good work will perform. Right? And, I, and, I, and I, I was giving a story to that person of a guy, he, he's, been, he's visited this church, but when he first came to our church in Ohio, we had a basketball program, he, he joined in the summer, and man, this guy didn't miss no shots. And so, you know, we got together for our meeting, we was like, okay, we're going into our next season, um, we're going to bring, put this guy at the two guard, man, because he just knocks down shots, man. We go into that league, he's making no shots. Like I'm setting him up where ain't nobody on you. And so he comes to my house. He says, I said, man, what's going on with you? I mean, in the summertime, you was knocking down shots. He says, he says, you don't understand. It's very difficult to play with you. I said, huh? He said, yeah. He says, you're giving me the ball in the right situations well, I have no choice but to make the shot. So guess what? Everybody in the building is expecting me to make it. Well, there was no expectations when I first came to the team. Now you guys actually, all eyes on you. You're going to knock that shot down, right? <laughs> and there's no excuse. If you gave me a bad pass, if you put me in a bad situation, I can go, man, you threw it down here. Oh, you threw it here. Man, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't give it to me fast enough. But now I have no out. All eyes on me because if I miss, it's me. There's no, I, all the excuses are gone. Do you understand? When people get to that level, it takes courage to stay there. To stay in the midst of expectations. How about this word? Accountability. Responsibility. 
The ability to be accountable, the ability to be responsible. That, that, that takes courage, right? It's not easy. So I'm not, trust me, it's not easy to stand before y'all. Boy, you better preach this the right way. That better be scripture. Oh, you're going to cast vision this year? Well, something close to that vision better come to pass. Otherwise, I'll tell everybody you ain't no man of God. You ain't no man of God. He just be talking. You gonna believe that crap? You understand know what I'm saying? Like it's it's a responsibility. You gotta set yourself apart. Y'all know it's a responsibility because some of y'all don't want to come up here and be like, I hope I say everything right. I hope that scripture, you know. And then you you know how you come with your out. Well, you know I'm not no preacher, preacher, man of God, preacher. That's for the preacher, preacher. You know I I'll give you a little little testimony, but don't hold me to the standard that you're holding pastor to. All right? Yeah, y'all don't know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Right? <laughs> thank, thank, thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Alabama. Right? All right, so, so courage is the core of our confidence in our rest in God and his word. So we talked about this in, in, our, in our Bible school, Abiding in Christ. And so the scripture says, come to me, but come to me is the first part. The second part is stay with me. And so a lot of times we're not experiencing the blessing of God because we've come to him, got our relief from whatever despair we're in, but we don't stay with him. Or we start to go out and live out in the world. But see, courage helps us to stay. Because when you come to Christ, your old life or your old habits or your old familiarities or your old friends will continue to call you. But you have to have the courage to go, no, 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 no I'm with him now. So, so, I, so I'll pick with Minister Lamar all the time, so I'm going to pick with you right now. So when he first came to the church, he came to the church, and he was hovering around the church. Every time we had an event, he was there cooking, doing whatever, right? So he's hovering. Now he's, he's struggling because Z came to the church first. So he's struggling with, ah, she, she came, I didn't pick the church, but, but he's, he's getting something. Then he finally joins the church. So that's a good thing, right? But he never told the other church. So what is that saying? That's saying, okay, I'm here, but just in case it don't work out, I'm going to hold on to there. He didn't say those exact words, but that's what you were saying, whether you're going to admit it or not, brother. Right? Right? So he really didn't commit. But how would you feel if your mate or the person that's going to be your mate is with you? They never tell the other relationship. How do you feel? Or how do you feel if, if they're going back between you and another relationship? How do you feel if they're with you, but they spend time with other relationships? Where's my theme music? <laughs> right? See, see, but it takes courage. Like, it took courage for me to be all in because I'd never been committed to a relationship before when I met my wife. Now, all in was commit. I'm all in. I couldn't consider what I was familiar with because I'm from a culture of shacking. Don't get mad, but yeah, I know, right? So, I'm not putting that down. I'm saying that's what I was used to. Y'all know what shacking is, right? 
because I know lately I've been saying stuff and people tell me it's old, right? You know, but I, I've been in some centuries here. You know, I've been, you know, not centuries. I said centuries. <laughs> Decades. <laughs> Decades, right? Decades, not centuries. Like, you, I knew you was here in the 1800s. <laughs> I know I've seen you before in that book, history book. But anyway, so, so <laughs> I've been here for decades. And so, so I was used to that. So now the courage to commit. We, I, I engaged my wife after five months, and we married after 10. <laughs> for those listening, Ed said, that's courageous. Right. And then for me, it was, you know, I either had, I had one long-term relationship. All the other ones were like week-longs because it only took me a week. Oh, no. Drama, no. Well, the, the, the one that was longer was me saying, maybe it's me. So next relationship I'm going to give my all to, I'm going to deal with some mess. Dumbest move I ever made in my life. But, but it was. It was dumb because of, it could have cost me my life. Um, and it could have cost me this life. But, but, but nevertheless, it took courage, right? Now, I'm also dealing with people that aren't used to committing going, what are you doing? I would come around family. I'm not going to say who because I love them and be like, uh, hey, I want to introduce you to such and such. I'm like, I'm married, Dad. Well, too, <laughs> too late. Sorry about that. Pop. I mean, God rest your soul, right? But, but, since I brought it up, my father wasn't like against me. He was operating on his default. You see what I'm saying? But I had the responsibility to be courage. Not, not put him down. I had the responsibility. No, I don't do People would offer me drinks when I would, hey, hey, you want some drink? No, I don't drink. Well, a little, little drink ain't going to hurt uh, nobody. No, no drink. You know, one person was like, I'm a Christian. <laughs> no, literally. Like, I'm a Christian. I drink. If that works for you, fine. I, listen, I didn't sign on to this life to bring the old life into it. I'm committed to a whole nother life. And I need clarity, which I have never had before I came to the kingdom, and let go of the, all the things that were clouding my my, my mind. But guess what? It took courage. Because everybody didn't come at me like, you going to do what we tell you to do. Nobody, and no. People just, hey, we're going to go do such and such. And they said it like because we always did it. So I'm like, all right, we meet you over here at such and such time. I had people didn't invite me. I had people got mad because I didn't show up. You know, we're always here at 12 o'clock. First of all, my whole year was not thinking about this particular, I'm going to say, a holiday and whatever y'all do at 12 o'clock. I don't know what you're doing. I'm not thinking. I'm dealing with my life. But, but no one asked, hey, we're going to do such and such at this time. Are you coming? No, you're expected to be there. People would spend money and go, your part is this. So it took courage. No. My budget says I can't do that. Well, oh, no, we're all going to be there. I appreciate you all going to be there. My budget says I can't. It takes courage. All right? you, when the holidays come out right now, you know it takes courage not just to be buying stuff for Christmas that you can't afford. 
Listen, I'm not putting anybody down. Do you understand we got to get out of the cycle? Right? With, with the exception of something we got recently that we actually have the money for, we don't have that. That's not true. We have a mortgage. Right? He's a different, it's still debt. But I'm saying, well, we have a mortgage. I'm not saying that to put nobody down. I'm saying behind the scenes, I took heat. Like, no, we're not doing this. We're not doing that. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. But we paying off these debts. We functioned, but I was strategic in how we functioned. My wife still got her hair or stockings or whatever done, but I was real (laughs) strategic. What did I say? Stockings. Oh, okay. Thank you. Oh, oh, well. Rotate those things, remember? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because in the early years, that's what I would tell. I was like, can't you rotate the stockings? We rotate the socks. Can't you do your own hair? You know, but but I'm saying we shifted to some things, but it took courage. Like, you understand what I'm saying? It takes courage to get out of some things because there's always going to be something that comes along to pull you back into familiar. Does that make sense? So, so again, it, I, I'm saying it takes courage. What I'm trying to tell you is not easy. And I'm definitely not judging nobody that's processing through it or passing sentence on people. I am challenging those that are not even giving themselves a shot but, but are, are looking for God to deliver them. God says, the Bible says when you've done all you can do to stand, stand therefore. We're not doing the you can do the stand and courage part. So we're standing there looking for God, and God's going, are you doing your part? And, and it's just taking the next best step from here. Does that make sense? All right, so, so we, we, we okay? And some of it is, is probably pulling a little bit, but that's a good thing. Remember we said we're going to embrace this, this front-end pain so we can experience fulfillment and pleasure on the back end. Right? We're flipping the script, right? Right? Well... Some of us. So the scripture says this, uh, and I said some of us not to put anybody down, but because I, I know it's challenging, right? So remember, courage is the is the is the core of our confidence as we rest in God. Scripture says, "Be confident in this very thing." We can say, "Be courageous in this very thing." He that's begun a good work will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus. Now, once I know God is wanting to perform something, and I can be confident in that, now I have the courage to resist the conformity to the world. Because what I'm saying is, but God, right? Each time I'm tempted, I'm saying, but God. Now, that's Philippians uh, 1, 6. Philippians 2 says, he'll work in you to willing to do his good pleasure. He'll work in you. But we can't smother his will and good pleasure that he's trying to do through us by conforming. The more we conform, the more it smothers what God is trying to release out of us, right? We're suppressing, and then eventually we get depressed, Right? Does that make sense? Right. The scripture says, uh, uh, 1 John 5. Let's go to 1 John 5. We only got a few minutes here. Courage. This is going to be good for us um, because that's because the world doesn't feed us courage and God wants us to walk in courage. 
All right, so 1 Corinthians, uh, I mean, 1 John 5, verse 14, it says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that, that he hears us, uh, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. So when a demand is placed on me, I'm speaking to God based on what his word says I can have. So I have to know what's in the word, as we was talking about in um, survival. As I went to two classes. The survival kit class, day three, three aspects of prayer, right, the barber, right? Um, so, but we was talking about it was a demand placed on us. We should be placing that demand on, on the presence of God, right? All right, so Scripture says, Philippians 4, it says what? It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, right? Right, so when a demand is placed on me, that strength is going to come in Christ, right? So that's why we're going to be challenged in this season to not just keep jumping into things, but to be still, right? Uh, Psalm 4610, be still, know that I'm God, right? So in courage, we can be still and know. Because that's where the struggle is, right? Sometimes we don't know, Right? Like, is this God really lead me into this? Is this what God wants for me? Should I sacrifice what I think I'm going to at least get some moment of pleasure out of for what God is saying he's, he wants to get to me? Does he really want this? If I know God's going to send me to this, I probably can sacrifice this. But am I delusional about what I think God wants me to have? Am I going to miss out on at least getting something out to deal now? But the scripture says, be still and you'll know. And courage helps us to be still and know, right? To, to, to rest in some things. Well, it's hard for us to sit still to read the Word. It's hard for us to sit still for worship. It's hard for us to sit still for the things of God. Because once we get in, introduced to the world. So I was picking with BJ, so I'm going to pick with BJ again here. It's my buddy. So, and, and really what, what it made me think about is, uh, so, so not just this week, it was another week. Uh, uh, praise the worship, so I was about to come in hitching your braids and say, enjoy worship, games ain't going nowhere. But the reason why I thought about it is because I remember when BJ was younger. When BJ was younger, I wouldn't have had to ask him nothing about a game because BJ was like this. Well, our worship was going for So what's changed? Well, he's introduced to more technology now. You know, he, you know, he has levels on the games he's trying to get to, <laughs> Right? And so now there's something else to consider. So now his challenge as he grows is, is to rest in God first and enjoy the games later. Y'all, y'all think I'm talking about BJ? See, 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 so that's our challenge, to be still in God first so we can properly uh, participate in the things he's given us richly to enjoy. So he's created the technology for us to have games. So we're supposed to enjoy it, but not when we're supposed to be with him. Right? If you guys go on vacation or something, you're hanging out and you have activities. So everybody's enjoying themselves, but BJ's on the game. What's your thought? Well, you could do that. <laughs> Back in the car. But we're all enjoying ourselves right now. So, so when we get back in the car to go to the next destination, you can get back on the game, but participate together. Y'all still think I'm talking about BJ? 
right? God is saying, don't cheat my time. Be courageous in my time, regardless of what you're being offered from the world. Right? Does that make sense? You, you, you hand that? BJ, you okay? I used you a couple times a day, you know. We like family, so, you know. You know, this is a part of your lesson to be a great basketball player. <laughs> right? All right, so, see, this courage is what our prescription is for fear. Courage is our prescription for fear. Because a lot of times we, we've been intimidated by fear. Like, you, have, you ever want to do something? So, let's, let's pick your business. Let's pick... Uh, something you're uh, building or growing. Uh, let's pick your, the job that you always wanted, but now you're at another level of responsibility and everybody's looking at you, right? Uh, could be ministry, whatever, whatever you're doing. New relationship. When you get into these situations, the first thing that's going to hit you is intimidation because you don't know if you have what it takes because you're in a new situation. You haven't seen yourself there before. Right? Well, the prescription for that temptation of fear is courage. See, sometimes you have to float. Then the thing about floating is you don't know what's going to happen. But you'll find out you cross over the things you never thought possible. You know what? When it's overwhelming and you can't control it, I believe that's God saying, cool, because if you find some place where you can grab hold, you're going to get in the way. So now I've overwhelmed you. So all you can do is float. But sometimes we be still trying to, we, you ever see people in the middle of the water, nothing to hold on to? They sinking because they, ah, what's all that? You can't do nothing. Just, just lay out and believe somebody coming to get you. Well, this is the situation that a lot of us is in. Now, I just gave you my cheat sheet because I was just talking to God two weeks ago. It was in my journal. And he was like, yeah, I got you again, didn't I? I said, what are you talking about? He said, a lot coming at you, ain't it? I said, yeah, like a tremendous amount of stuff is happening at the same time. He said, you, that's how I keep you out of the way. He said, because while you're so busy with all this, I can send what I'm trying to get to you. Y'all think I'm talking about me? Because he asked us to be still. He tells us to walk by faith and not by sight. He challenges us to trust me. God loves us. So you're not going to listen. What do you do with your kids? You try to get them to get focused. You ask them, hey, I need you to be focused. Hey, calm down a little bit. Be quiet. But it's behavior modification, right? You know, that was my profession. So you keep modifying the, the, the consequence, right? But what's your goal? Change behavior, right? Or correction, right? God does the same thing with us. He's, most of the stuff we're going through, God always asked us to trust him to do. So now what he has to do is, I got to come up with a plan to get your behind out the way. That's probably not fair. Our behind's out the way. Because leave it up to you, you're going to figure out a way to put your hands on it. And I need you to get your hands off it. Your hands has been what's been messing things up in the first place. All your control. Let go of the wheel. We was driving one day. And so 
You know, and it's, it's, it's like that when you're driving, you're on the passenger side, you feel like, you know, if you step on the brake, the car is going to stop. Not going to happen. So we was driving, so my wife sees something from death perception that she thought I was going to hit. So she grabs the wheel. But this is the challenge. From the passenger seat, when you grab the wheel, you're, you don't have all the other alignment to make the proper move. So a situation that wasn't really tragic because it was just death perception almost ended up being tragic. I'm like, what are you doing? Now, now she'll tell you, I don't panic under pressure, so I didn't panic, but I sure was looking like, what are you doing? She's like, I don't know. Just ref- I just thought you was going to hit such and such. But when she grabbed the wheel, we were going to hit it. Why? Because she has an arm and a hand on something out of alignment. I'm in alignment, so I have the best view of how the entire picture is. God has the best view of the entire picture. We're outside grabbing a hold of something with a, a, a point of view or a angle of a view, but we don't have a clear view. And so things get out of whack, not because we bad people, it's our depth perception. Things are closer than they appear or further than they appear, right? So God is saying, be still, get in alignment first, and then you can let me put your hands where they place them where they need to be and guide your movement from here. So as much as what's happening around you seems overwhelming, it's trying to get you out of the way. If you yield, watch how the storm starts to calm down. So, 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 so what God is asking for this week is, is practice taking faith steps. That means in uncertainty. I mean, like not controlling everything. Let it play out. Like even, you know, you know how with your children, you, you feel you got to control everything. Let, I took my grandson out. I'll, I'll end it with this. First time I took him out, I took him to a park. I'm the grandfather. He's the adventurer. So he was just doing stuff like, so he got on this Spider-Man thing and, and it was taller than him to even get on it. So my first thought is to help. But the Holy Spirit said, no, leave it alone. Be still. Let him do it. He gets on. I said, oh, wow, this kid is off the hook. Well, he starts to climb. Now, the tough part, that is he climbs all the way to the top. Now I'm tempted to, oh, boy, this kid's on the top of this thing. If he falls, grandparent broke baby. And I was tempted to help. But the Holy Spirit said, no, let it play itself out. He said, this is where he learns what he can do. If you get in the way, he'll never be able to see it. And he doesn't see the circumstances like you do. Allow him to just walk by faith. So he's climbing. He comes down. And when he gets down, remember, it's taller than him. So his feet ain't touching, nowhere near touching the ground. So now... My temptation is, well, let me just go in and just, you know, help them down at least. 
Holy Spirit said, no, he's going to figure it out. He figured it out. Like it was amazing. And I said, wow, I learned a lot by staying out of it. When I first took my granddaughter out, she was my, she's the oldest. That's my first experience. So they have these uh, things. I don't know who engineered this stuff, but on the playground where they, they climb, but there's like a gap like this big, there's nothing in between. So if they miss the bar, they're going to knock bump their head. So while she's climbing, I'm like, no, this is not even structurally good. This is an accident waiting to happen. Holy Spirit said, back off. Let her figure it out. I was like, yeah, but if she hit her head, I may never be able to take her out again. Because I'm the grandparent that don't know how to take care of his granddaughter. Holy Spirit said, just back off. Man, she climbed up that thing, climbed down that thing with no problem. But, I, but every, every step, I, oh, oh, I, like I wanted to put my hands on it. We're going to have situations this week where we're going to feel the same way. We're going to feel like we need to control it. Let it play itself out. Hey, let the person make a mistake. Do you understand we learn from mistakes? My son wanted to go to a, a pro tryout. I was like, this dude ain't even close to ready. God said, let him go. He goes, calls me after the first day. Dad, I should have been listening to you. Everything that they were telling me is the stuff you've been telling me. If I was listening to you, I'd have been ready for this camp. So he learned more by me allowing him to go than me preventing him. Some of our default is prevention only. But if God did that with us, we would never learn faith. So this week, we're going to have to remove some of our hands I know. Keep your hand in proximity. So, 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 so this is about to fall, right? You can have your hand right here. How about that? Is that cool? <laughs> or like this. How about this? You can have it right here. Just don't touch it. How about that? Well, no, really, I want you, God wants you to be nowhere near it. But let's say you, you're still working on this. So it may just be worth for you to just let your hand go. All right? So just, just practice. Do it for something that may not be life or death this week. And just get into the practice of it, right? Because as we go through courage class, we're actually going to forge courage, but we got to have a lab too. You know, you got you got homework, right? So this is the homework. Now, some of you are going to have to uh, use, use your, you know how when you get out of school, some people got to do their homework right away? You know, because if you wait till later, you ain't going to get your homework done. Some of y'all have to do your homework as soon as you leave church today. Right? By the time you say in the car. <laughs> right? While he's driving. <laughs> right? So, 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 okay, so, so we're going to do, we're going to practice courage this week. Now, this is what's going to help us. We're going to be thinking this week, put it on something but God. Because we're trying to operate in but God courage, right? But God. So now you're going to have to Speak when you normally wouldn't speak. You got to expose yourself when you normally would. Maybe just one time at least. Start, just start to practice. Call into the Bible study fellowship. Say, I got a comment. Right? And, and, and even if you don't have nothing to say, just say, I got a comment and just let the Holy Spirit lead you. Just to get into practice. <laughs> right? Hey, I got a thought here. You know? And you're going to get the, is that you, Cinnamon? <laughs> You're going to get that, you know, I mean, but don't, don't let it intimidate you. 
Huh? Okay. So you know how you have an assistant? So the assistant over there said, call into the prayer line and pray. <laughs> Don't just listen. So just pray. Just start praying. And you're going to get, is that Jamel praying? Don't worry about it. Just keep on praying. Don't, don't even think about what you're praying. Yeah, right. So, so start to, what you say? Exercising courage. This is how I learned how to flow with the Holy Spirit. I was called out of a service one day. So the pastor would always teach, and, you know, he might go, you know, I, I, I've done it. I go, Tanya. So I'm saying something, but I might say Tanya, Right. And so I used to sit in this, because I was an armor bearer and I was, my head's on swivel. So I was like, if he ever calls me out, and so while the sermon's going on, I said, if he calls me, I'll pick up right here. Right? I did this for years. Never called me out. Never called nobody out. But I don't know, it was just something I thought about. Well, this particular day, I'm not thinking nothing about. Like as I told you, I was doing it for like two years. So he's preaching. And he says, Keith, but you know how, just like I might reference Keith or, you know, I referenced earlier some people's names. He says, Keith, come up and finish this sermon. Well, I'm not ready for that. I wasn't even thinking about, I'm like, finish the sermon. And then he left. He didn't like wait for my reaction because uh, we had, it was called Faith Stadium. So it was built like a stadium. You had tunnels. So on the back of the stage, you would go down to the tunnel. So he left out of the tunnel. So I went up. You know, I don't know what I said that day. You know, just, you know, I had an idea what the message was about. So then he comes back up. I see him. Nobody else sees him. So I'm like, well, cool. So I shut up completely. I, and that's how I flow anyway. If the pastor was around, you know, I do Bible study Ohio State. He shows up. I'm like, you the man. Well, he goes, no, you can finish. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Help me. Right, so, so, so. I finished out. That day, I said, oh, no, I will never get caught out there like that again. So I said, but I have to practice flowing with the Holy Spirit. So I did a campus Bible study at Capitol. So I met Isaac. So what I said, I'm going to start going to Capitol with no script. So I don't know if you remember this. I would come in and I will ask them, hey, so, so what do you guys learn? What do you guys want to talk about? Now, I don't know what they want to talk about, and I ain't got no script for it. But I would let the Holy Spirit flow. Or sometimes I would come, I would give them like four or five scriptures. I would just give them the scriptures, and then I would just flow on the scriptures. But I trained myself to let the Holy Spirit lead me. So anytime I got a situation where you ask me out of nowhere, I had to train myself to have the courage to yield to the Spirit and not always have a script in my head. Right? So, so, so this, this week you're practicing. Being able to yield. Okay? All right, stand, stand on our feet. That's, that's enough for today. On courage. 